Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT High atop the radio world in our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, Oregon. And we welcome all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation Sun and Vision radio networks. Father's Day is closing in fast. You know, we just got by Memorial Day and we have all these summer holidays and we all enjoy them. But Father's Day is very important uh, because I'm a dad and so... I say so. Anyway, so for all of you grill seekers out there, we have the Svengali of barbecue testing. Max Good from Amazing Ribs is with us today to talk about grilled smokers and cues that are on the market that just might make it to your back patio in time for Father's Day. So we'll talk to Max here in just a second. Music today from our friend Billy Idol. And also, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef that uh, helped bring this portion of Barbecue Nation to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest. Beef the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Well, Max, my friend, welcome back to the hey. nation. Hey, thank you for having me on once again. We're all gearing up for Father's Day. I'm not sure how excited my kids are, but I am. Uh... <laughs> I, uh, I, I got to tell you a quick story. I've Because of the common situation across the country I've been spending more time at home obviously mm-hmm. so we were doing some gardening which i actually don't mind uh it's not my favorite thing to do but i don't mind and my little cultivator tiller that i've had for 10 years finally gave up the ghost and i've put a lot of money into it mm-hmm. uh repairing it over time so i said well maybe this is the new father's day gift because i believe i actually got it for father's day the first time 10 years ago so oh. I, I think I've got one of those uh, coming. They don't, you know, my wife, when it comes to barbecues and stuff, she's like, you're on your own. You know what you want. You you call them. You take care of it. But, uh, you know, so I'll be out there with my little rototiller on Father's Day, Max, <laughs> grinding up the soil. Have some fun. I will. Have some good stuff. So let's kind of preface this show today. <clears throat> There's... Basically, kind of three major groups of of cookers. There's gas or natural gas, propane or natural gas. There's charcoal or wood, and then there's pellets. Now, there's some offshoots and variations of those out there, but those are the kind of the three main ones that people are going to see when they go to the store. Whether it's a big box store, a barbecue store, an Ace Hardware, whatever, that's what they're going to see in there. So let's kind of start at my end of the country here and talk about pellet grills. Um, oh, okay. You know, you you sent me an article that you just wrote for Casual Living, and I thought it was great. Um, Thank you. Pellet grills out here, that's where they came from, basically. Yeah. Out And not too far from my house. People have heard me say that before, out in Mount Angel, Oregon. And uh, that's where the Traeger people started. But from the start of the Traeger people to 
the advancement of pellet grills today is light years difference than than where they started and the the number of people involved in manufacturing pellet grills is huge pretty much everybody's got a dog in the fight now so oh boy so when people are yeah when people are looking for pellet grills matt max what should they look for primarily and then we can get more into brands and stuff. But I'm just saying, if you want to, if you think you want to get yourself or your husband or your father a new pellet grill, give us three or four things they should be looking at when they're out searching for these grills. Well, the, the first thing I can't dictate to them, and that's going to be their budget. And um, yeah, you know, the the good news though is uh, pellet grills. They're more smokers than grills, most of them, right? because uh, most of them can't get hot enough to do any kind of serious grilling. So uh, there are a few that are kind of exceptions to that. We could talk about them later. But, um, you know, the, in, in many, not too long ago, the, the selection was very limited. And even just to get in uh, to the game was a bit more expensive. Now I've seen... Uh, well, Pit Boss is a brand that's really popular, and they're uh, the entry-level line from Louisiana Grills. Louisiana's actually been around almost as long as Traeger, and they're from up your way, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make some really nice stuff, but they decided to come up with this low-cost line, Pit Boss, and I think they've done really well with it. I've actually seen a smallish Pit Boss pellet smoker with digital thermostatic control, but no bells and whistles. Just at uh, one of the hardware stores by I me, mean, I think it was well, it was certainly under three hundred bucks. Sure. So if you don't have to spend a heck of a lot of money, well, now yeah, somebody that, that buys a two hundred dollar gas grill might say, well, three hundred, I, I that's more than I want to spend, and and that's okay, you know. I, I can't. People have budgets, and certain things are. You may want to spend fifty thousand dollars on a car, but two hundred dollars on a grill, or or vice versa. Sure, know? sure. Uh, but um, it, we also used to have to say, always make sure you get a thermostatically controlled pellet smoker. But the ones that aren't thermostatically controlled are pretty much gone. I don't think I've seen one in quite a while. Right. Um, that, and that's what you you absolutely want to have, but unless you find some really strange one that's been laying in a warehouse somewhere for a long time, you're probably going to get that. With a thermostat, your pellet smoker will give you the ease of use of your indoor kitchen, only it's going to have delicious aromatic smoke, Jeff. There you go. Uh, but all you do is set it, and that's it. And if you have to cook a brisket for 16 hours... As long as you've got wood pellet fuel in the hopper that feeds the, the flame, that thing's going to keep running. Yeah. And as long as you clean it, too. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, you, if you let ash build up in any pellet smoker, it's going to shut down. Um, but, you know, once you're getting up from there, that now now the, the, the sky is kind of the limit. I mean, you can get all kinds of cool features these days. Uh, more and more, we're seeing remote control. Um, big, some of the big players have uh, apps. You can minimally monitor your pellet smoker from an app on your smartphone, which would mean you can see um, 
you can see what your cooking temperature is. Those type of pellet smokers uh, have integrated meat probes, so you can plug a meat probe in your meat, and the controller will send your information to your app telling you, you know, you're cooking at the temperature you want, the temperature you set it at, everything's going great, and here's the temperature of your meat. So you can be sitting, you can be at your office and monitoring the thing um, from your work. Uh, then you take a step up from that, and they actually let you control it, like the new Traeger wife, newer Traeger Wi-Fi systems. So if you see your meat is getting done faster than you thought, you can drop the cooking temperature into more like 180 to hold the stuff. So they're pre- they're pretty cool. And then then they branch out from there. You know, you could set timers right on your your uh, right. smartphone. Many of them now have guided recipes, which I, you know, I dabble in them when I'm testing something, but I must say I still go to AmazingRibs.com <laughs> for my recipes. Some of these guys take real pretty pictures, Jeff, but uh, the I... recipes just don't live up to them sometimes. Yeah. And so uh, that would be my recommendation. And also, as you're looking, um, it sure doesn't hurt to check out our searchable equipment reviews and ratings. We have hundreds, we have almost 700, I'm sorry, almost 600 of all different types of grills and smokers uh, at AmazingRibs.com, and they're searchable. So you can, so my first question, what's the, what's the price? Right. You can, that can be your first checkbox you check off and then take it from there. Um, well, oh, thing- I, should, you know, I should mention too, Jeff, that your, your listeners might be interested in this. I just completed a trilogy of how-to videos. I have how to buy a gas grill, how to buy a charcoal grill, and how to buy a smoker. They're all on YouTube on, on our AmazingRibs.com YouTube station. There you go. Now, one thing that I have personally come across and I like, and I think it's a very handy and effective attribute is some of them, like my Green Mountain, will set off an alarm. It's kind of a whistle or when your pellets are running low. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then I know the apps will tell you that too, but if you're just hanging around the house and it's cooking outside and you hear this kind of strange noise, um, and it's still got a half hour 45 minutes worth of pellets in it when it starts making that noise. So it's mm-hmm. not going to go out in five minutes type thing. But it, it tells you, you say, Hey, you're running a little low. So you can go up there, lift the lid, put some more pellets in, close it. And you won't hear it for another two or three hours. You know, if, if your cook is that long, like if you're doing a brisket or something, but it's so, yeah. it's so important. I think that when you're looking at pellet uh, cookers to have features like that, that help you. You know, if you're an old stickwood guy, like we all kind of started that way, or charcoal, and you were doing a long cook, like with a brisket or something, you you had to pay a lot more attention. And if you got distracted or you had too many beers or something, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that temperature dropped, and then you had to work to get it back up there and balance it and all that. So that's just something I thought I would throw in there because... Um, oh, it's a very good point, a very good feature. And, you know, Green Mountain has been... Uh, innovative all along and, and bringing a lot of 
useful features like that, technologically driven, for very modest prices. They're they're yeah. um, they're uh, I I I really like Green Mountain. You know, they they're um, that's a good value for people, and we have reviews of some of their products at at AmazingRibs.com. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back with my friend Max Good from AmazingRibs.com and talk about some more grills and smokers right after this on Barbecue Nation. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and we're talking with Max Good today from amazingribs.com a couple of little business things really quick if you would like to email us you can email me at info at the that's info at the facebook we're on there with barbecue nation with jt um don't forget that uh, we will be giving away some more subscriptions to national barbecue news very shortly and any information you'd like to know about our social media platforms which there are many um, you can, again, email me at info at thecowboycook.com. Now let's get back and talk to Max Good some more from AmazingRibs.com. Max does all the reviews and testing for Amazing Ribs on their um, on the barbecues and the grills and the cookers and so on and so forth. And we were talking in the first segment about pellet grills. Um, you know, I read in your story about, and I wanted to ask you this, and this doesn't have anything to do with purchasing them, but couple of the people that you interviewed for your article in casual living were you know the guy from weber and some of these guys were talking about how they planned a pellet grill and stuff to overtake the gas grill now i have a question for you on that okay um gas grills are very easy pellet grills are very easy to operate very very simple but with all of the uh information and hubbub and stuff out there max about global warming climate change and all this there are a lot of cities counties etc especially out here on the west coast i don't know how it is on the east coast that have there's some towns now you can't even have a fireplace in your house okay mm-hmm. because of the smoke and stuff like that and and pellet grills do smoke a little bit sometimes depending on what you're doing and what you're cooking do you actually think that pellet grills will overtake gas grills over the next 10 years? Put on your prognostication hat for me. Um, I, I, I guess it's hard. I, 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 mm, <laughs> it's really hard to, to predict something like that. 10 years is a ways off. I think uh, they're going to continue to gain popularity. Sure. Um, gas grills. People like them, you know. Uh, the the environmental issue. It's um, I think many people are are possibly making too big of a deal about that, especially when it comes to just backyard yeah grilling. I mean, you know, if you're in any kind of commercial environment that's generating um, smoke or or that that type of substance, 
then, then yes, perhaps you should be regulated. Perhaps you should have some kind of filtration system. But just the millions of people, you know, on Father's Day, going out in their backyards and firing up the charcoal, firing up their pellet smokers, firing up their gas grills. I mean, did, but how many? Every time I look up and I see these jet streams, I'm going, well, how much? Smoke is that, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. You know, and Jeff, as you probably know, I'm a cigar smoker, so I'm still outraged that no one will <laughs> let me smoke cigars anywhere. And they, and uh, you know, that that gets lumped into this thing too. And I'm going, you got to be kidding me, right? You know, in certain areas of the world, they're burning down their forests uh, to basically just strip the land so they can do something else with it. And uh, that's not only is it is it generating all this pollution, but they're getting rid of vegetation that produces oxygen and gobbles up carbon dioxide. So you know, um, me and the millions who would like to sit, you know, to grill some burgers and smoke a couple cigars, or maybe make a fire in our backyard in a little fire pit. It's like, come on, guys! <laughs> right, know? right. Well, I just wanted to. I mean, I'm with you all the way about that. And uh, but in California and stuff, there's been some cities and things that have banned um, or restricted fireplaces and stuff in people's homes, wood burning fireplaces. Now, they seem mm-hmm. to be able to have a gas fireplace um, because I'm sure there's some sort of emission controls on it or something. I don't know. We don't have one at my place, but well, even even that's uh come into question for the last few years. You know, every year I go to the HPB Expo, the Hearth Patio and Barbecue Association show. Right. Um, and we can talk about that. It's that's a let me let me preface it by saying they do it in a different city each year. And guess where it was this year, right in the middle of March? New Orleans. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first night I got there, I'm you know, sitting at the bar drinking some milk and uh, on the T V comes we just found our first cases of coronavirus basically right across the street from my hotel. And this was, you know, this was like, whoa, when everybody was still wondering what's going to happen before everybody got fired up uh, about it. Yeah. Got, uh, it got uh, stuck in their homes and trying to social distance and all that. Right. Uh, and it was, it was pretty wacky, but at any rate, uh, the hearth people, this show every year is like, uh, let's say it's half grills and smokers and half fireplaces and furnaces. And, you know, there's people there with the pellet furnaces for folks that are heating their home out in the rural areas and all. Um, and they're, uh, and I don't know what to say about that. It's outside of my, my realm. Um, yeah. I already griped about it, the implications of it with just residential grilling, but as far as res- residential heating goes, I don't know. But I, I know the manufacturers and the and the sellers are frustrated. They, they've had some uh, restrictions and and regulations imposed on them that sure. they, they wish had not that had not been done. And um, I'm not a hearth person, so I I don't know what to say other than the folks that are are frustrated. <laughs> Do you ever cook? We got about a minute left here, Max, uh, in this segment. Do you, do you ever cook for yourself on a pellet grill? Do you have one that, outside of testing, that you keep at the house and use? Oh, I got I got them coming out of my ears, Jeff. Uh, 
What do I have? I got I got two or three on the deck right now. I think there is. Well, I know we only have a minute, but I, I got to tell you one that I I really want to see, and that's uh, Oklahoma Joe has some new ones that are uh-huh. kind of cool. Yeah, uh, we're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. Max Good and I will be back. Max is from AmazingRibs.com, if you didn't catch that part. And been on the show a number of times, and uh, we'll continue to do that. So after this break, we'll be back. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun Vision Radio Networks. I'm JT. We'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, this portion of Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. From the heart of the Pacific Northwest comes a beef product that you can feel good about. In fact, it's the beef the way nature intended. Uh, again, if you'd like to listen to the show uh, in a non-radio setting, you can go to SoundCloud. You can go to Captivate. You can go to iTunes. Oh my goodness! You can go to Stitcher. You can go to Spotify. You can go to all those all those different platforms, and we have Barbecue Nation on there for you now. So that works out pretty good. And again, if you'd like to email us, it's info at thecowboycook.com. So we're talking to Max Good from Amazing Ribs and Black Swan Spices. I wanted to throw that in there for you. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, anyway, uh, Max Weber got into the pellet business, and. How, First, what prompted them, if you know, to um, jump in there? And then they they jumped in with this new kind of model smoker, and there was a lot of hubbub about it, and you did some of the initial testing. So tell us all about that. Well, actually, I did um, comprehensive testing. It was such a big deal. I've You know, we, we've never seen a, a product launch that got that much attention. And, um, you know, Weber wanted it to be that way uh, for obvious reasons. They wanted everybody's eyes on them when they came out with their first pellet smokers. They'd never had pellet smokers. And um, they they said, well, you know, we, we always, obviously, we keep our eye on, on what's going on uh, on the marketplace. Uh, but we try to say, okay, that might just be a fad. But right. this could be a trend, and they, you know, sat on it for a while. But several years ago, uh, my understanding is they said, "Okay, these pellet these pellet smokers are are real." Maybe not several years ago. They, I think, as I recall, they said once they started seeing them in like Home Depot, sure, which you didn't use to see. You couldn't even buy pellets, right? You know, you had to order them a lot, oftentimes. And um, now that's no problem at all. You go to any hardware store, you're going to see pellet smokers. You're going to buy pellets, and um, they, they gain that type of popularity, and it continues to grow. So Weber said, "Well, it's time for us to do this." And um, you know, we got because 
because we're right here in the Chicago area, as they are. They're, we're all in the Chicago suburbs. We oftentimes get invited over there, and we have to watch what we're doing because we are also often accused of uh, being shills for Weber, and we're not. You know, we, as you know, and as most people know, we don't accept any money from any manufacturers. Right. Um, you know, um, in fact, because it was this that the smoke fire pellet smokers, the Weber smoke fire pellet smokers, got so much interest, and there was uh, quite a bit of controversy, which we'll talk about. Uh, they wanted to give us one, and we said, no, we're going to pay for it because we, once again, we're just trying to <laughs> suppress this perception. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and uh, they had us and others come by the facility to unveil the thing. Meathead and I got the first look at it and got our hands on it. And the, the biggest thing that we were incredibly impressed by is, I mentioned earlier, pellet smokers just aren't really good grills. They just don't get hot enough. Some have these interesting uh, designs where they try to expose the fire pot where the wood pellets burn to uh, um, to the cooking grate, but that's these fire pots are small. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're not, like a can of beans. You know, they're not very and big. So you have yeah, you got this uh, small, round, uh, <laughs> flaming pot. And there's, you could maybe grill a small steak or a hamburger over that, and that's about it. And then there's folks like Camp Chef, who I, I loved it that they uh, make their, their woodwind and some other models now that has a really super-powered uh, gas burner attached to the side. So, yeah, okay, if you just want one thing, now you got... You know, it's not a huge gas burner. It's not a huge gas growth, um, but uh, you still have that capability. But Weber said, we have come up with a pellet smoker with a very unique design, and it's a fantastic grill. And uh, with its warts and all, with its ups and downs, it's sure. got some issues. But I'll tell you what, that's one of the coolest grills I've ever used. It gets flaming hot. Um, and it's just fun to cook on, and it, the, the searing capability is better than most gas grills. Um, but, um, so, they, you know, so they, Max, they, let me interrupt you for a second. First of all, what do those things run for on average, if you know, price wise? And what mm-hmm. are, if there's a, a hole in it, so to speak, um, we don't. We're not bashing anybody here, but I want people to know what they're what they're looking at, what they're maybe prepared to spend, and because um, this is a high end unit versus a uh, hundred ninety nine dollar thing at Home Depot. So, uh, no, you're you're right, and um, they're working on things. I must tell you, uh, and they're making some improvements of, of the issues that we sure. identified. The, the medium-sized one is you're gonna you're gonna the sa- selling price is about a thousand bucks and the larger model is about twelve hundred. Okay. Um, so as pellet smokers go, they actually priced it competitively. It's it's I don't know about right now, but when it came out, it was about a hundred bucks less than a comparable Traeger. Um, they. 
talk about some things that people didn't like. A big thing people were griping about was I see grease fires in this thing. It has, it has an unusual design, which gives it the ability to be a, a high-temperature grill. As a grill, it's really great. Um, but the way they did it was they have this unique fan system uh, that directs the air in a very unique way, uh, and they have a, a diffuser over the fire pot, which is common for pellet smokers, with metal piece that uh, is on legs or however it's suspended above the fire pot, so you don't get a hot spot from that direct flame. Right. Uh, but the big thing that they did that's different is most pellet smokers have a drip plate. It's a solid rectangular metal piece that goes under the cooking grates, right. left to right, front to back, and it captures all your grease, and it's at an incline, so it diverts that grease and gunk into uh, either a bucket, in most cases, or perhaps a some type of removable grease tray. Sure. Uh, Weber, instead of that solid drip plate, uses their flavorizer bars that are pretty much the same thing that they have in their gas grills. So there are, it's not solid. There are these, these uh, inverted V-shaped uh, metal bars that uh, there's two on each side, and then there's a larger version of it, let's say, in the middle. And that leaves um, an opening between these bars for the, the heat from that fire pot, which somehow is dispersed. And, uh, that, I mean, you lift the lid up on this thing, and it's, it's flaming. It's, it's exciting to cook on it. But that can also, uh, not so much when you're using a high heat that's going to, fats and stuff are probably going to burn up on the flavorizer bars or, you know. Uh, but if you're going low and slow, say 225 with a big old pork butt that's got a lot of fat, right? that stuff is going to drip down to the bottom of the smoke fire. And uh, now this happens, of course, with a gas grill. And and you're supposed to clean them. Some people don't, and they're going to pay the price eventually. But what compounds the problem with the smoke fire is gas grills don't build up ash. Pellet smokers do. So now you have ash building up at the bottom of the Weber smoke fire, and you have grease dripping down and mixing with it, and it, it tends to form like a sludge. And there's, it's supposed to drain through these channels that are on each side of the fire pot. When everything's working well, it does. But once that stuff mixes with ash, and particularly if you're going from one cook to the next and you don't clean it out, um, you know, it, it, can, it can form a, a flammable sludge, basically, right. which you wouldn't get in other pellet smokers. So some people were really upset about it. Some were like Harry Sue, who's a competition guy. He was like, oh, don't tell me that's a grease fire. I've seen grease fires, and I've talked to competition people, and they're like, oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about, saying that smoke fire is a grease fire. Those are just little flare-ups. But yeah, strictly speaking, a flare-up in our view is grease dripping onto a heat source or a flame, flaring up, and then it's gone. But this stuff will burn. It's 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 not like you lift up the lid and it's blazing and burning. Usually, uh, like that may have happened. I've heard horror stories. But um, like anything, you need to clean it out. But with this one, 
it's it's every you know everything with smoke fire is kind of a mixed bag. On one hand, uh, it's a little easier to get to the bottom of the smoke fire because it doesn't have this big solid metal piece that's all greasy and nasty. It just has these flavorizer bars, so you can pull the grates, the cooking grates off, move these flavorizer bars to each side, and now you're looking at the bottom of the thing, but. But instead of a, you know, with other pellet smokers, I bring out a shop vac and I suck out the ash. Right. And you have to do that with smoke fire, too. But that's just the first part. The next part is is scraping out that sludge. Interesting, because I, there were so many things that I loved about it, and then so many things I go, but wait a minute, why is it doing that? Right. Um, right. Max, you know, like Max we got to take a break. So we're going to be back in a minute with Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. We'll pick up the conversation from there. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the Sun and Vision Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We're talking with Max Good today from AmazingRibs.com and also Black Swan uh, Sauces, not Spices, excuse me. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the sauces in the second hour. Max is going to stick around for our second hour today, but uh, they're really good. That's what I'm going to tell you. They're really good. So back... Well, I should, I, you know, Jeff, uh, we got it on Amazon now. People can... Uh purchase gift sets of our black swan gourmet barbecue sauce on amazon so please do okay well they should do that now <laughs> back to the smoke fire from weber um weber's been around for a long long time and of course they started with the kettle and mm-hmm. you know more than one family in america has grown up eating barbecue from a weber kettle mm-hmm. and uh I've had a couple of them in my life, and I always liked them. Uh, I've gotten spoiled doing this job that I'm doing because I have a few, like you, not as many as you, but I have a few barbecues and smokers floating around in my house. And uh, to be honest with you, I, if I'm doing a quick meal, I will use either my, my pellet or um, my Green Mountain, or I will use a gas grill because my time is really important mm-hmm. right now in my life um, with a lot of things. So I, I do it for simply convenience. If it's a weekend and we're under nor- normal circumstances and we're having friends over, I go back to uh, long-term cooks with my pellet or I'll do uh, charcoal in one of my charcoal cookers like that. So mm-hmm. um, I kind of run the gambit on that, but real quickly on the smoke fire, uh, how about the time it takes to get it up to temperature? Let's just say you're going to grill some steaks. Um, how easy is it to use in that regard? Well, it it does seem to take um, a little while to, to just start up. Um, but once it starts up, you can shift uh, temperatures on it pretty quickly. You know, uh, 
I, I'm often looking at it and saying, oh, man, you know, it's still trying to get up to 200 degrees, um, which was which was made a, a bit more frightening because when I first got the thing, I was using Traeger pellets, and it wouldn't even light. The smoke fire wouldn't light, and I, I called Weber, and they said, well, are you doing this? I go, yeah, I'm doing that. Are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what kind of pellets are you using? I go, Traeger. And they said, were they fresh? And I said, well, I don't know. I got, got them a few months ago. And I bought a, you know, it was on sale. So I bought a bunch of bags of them. They go, ah, well, here's the deal. Um, our Weber pellets are a smaller diameter than most other pellets, including Traeger. Now, Max, you should be able to use any high-quality pellet, but I think not only do you have a problem because those Traegers are a little uh, thicker diameter than than ours, but also they were old and, and maybe they would absorb some moisture somehow over the winter. And I go, okay, so you're telling me if I get your Weber pellets, they'll work. So, yeah. So I went and got some. I compared them. Just by your eye, you can see that they're they're thinner. Sure. And... Um, Bada-bing, bada-boom. It worked. That problem disappeared. Um, but it does take a little longer, I think, to come up to speed. Now, they say they're, they're, they've issued a couple updates to the software, which is an interesting phenomena in this brave new world of digital control that we live in, <laughs> is that you can buy something, and the company, in what, and Green Mountain does it too, they, they keep doing over-the-air upgrades to right. the software. right. To improve performance and add new features. With Smokefire, however, not only did they, it, right out of the box, it needed a major um, upgrade. Uh, upgrade, yeah. And, and a lot of people bought the thing, and there's people that just don't read directions and don't pay attention, and they're like, why isn't this working? And, um, you know, it's, Weber had to make a really big deal out of it and say, well, it's not working because. When we made these things, uh, the software we put on them is already out of date. I guess, you know, uh, software is out of date the minute you get it, it seems like nowadays. So yeah. maybe yeah. that's not a, a strike against them. I, would, I wouldn't um, think so, Max, because it's just like in your home computers. They, mm -hmm. uh, they update software and stuff without you even thinking about it, like if you've got a Microsoft product or something, your operating system. Right, and that's and that's true. And, and what I'm going to say next also happens with smartphones and other uh, devices, you know, high-tech devices. Um, that needed to be done with Smokefire, but they also uh, said, we're, we're working with uh, June Technologies that made these uh, smart ovens, these tabletop smart ovens with guided recipes and all kinds of sophisticated technology. The June, uh, the June uh, uh, smart ovens actually had cameras inside of them, and they allegedly can identify the food you put in them. I don't know how well that works. I haven't used one of them. But, uh, but and of course, Weber, I even asked them, how did you resist put, not putting cameras in? They go, money, money. We didn't want this to cost so much. I go, okay, I get it. But uh, it, it didn't have a lot of features that um, they were touting. For example, a big thing was you're supposed to be able to control it. You're supposed to be able to, as I described, um, if I'm, if I'm, Anywhere, I can just pull out my smoke fire app and say, "All right, I want to change my cooking temperature." I want to. Now, you were you were at the outset from get go. You were able to monitor a lot, but there were some things you just 
that just didn't weren't there yet. And Weber's going, well, it's coming, it's coming. Now, I just over the last week or so did get an upgrade where it does now allow me to control the system, um, and it seems to work well. Uh, but this is a perception thing too. You know, a lot of people bought the thing, and some just loved it immediately. There's a lot to like about it. Others hated it immediately <laughs> for uh, you know for these things that we're talking about. Um, and there, there's another issue too that people griped about. Um, it ash gets all over the outside of the thing. And when you lift up the lid, it seems like it's blowing around all over the place. And yet, I, I don't quite know, get how it works, and I've asked them, and they tell me it's the design, it's the way the fan system works and all. There no ash ends up on the food. But you walk around the thing, and it's like covered with ash. It looks like it's been in a, well, a it doesn't volcan- look like it's been a, in a volcanic eruption, <laughs> but, but it's, it's more ash than I'm used to seeing. You know, all of them will f- throw some ash around, but right. it all goes everywhere but except on the cooking grate. So that's another strange, unique thing about smoke fire. So, Max, you will come back for our second hour. And if, Very good. And uh, we'll be talking more about this, and we will also get into to charcoal and uh, gas grills, good values for Father's Day. And uh, so Max will be sticking around with us. And for us, we're going to get out of here and go take a station break and do all the stuff that we do in the radio world. And uh, Barbecue Nation will be back uh, for those that you carry the second hours. And for those that don't, we'll be back next week. So take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.